awesome, awesome stuff. I, I love how he conceded that it's going to be four lessons instead of three, because I was like, how is he going to get through all of these in three lessons? So let's talk about the next set of lessons that John's dad taught him, and we'll go ahead today, and we'll start with Tay. Yeah, I think this is probably going to end up being five or six because <laughs> I think it's just so much. And I think he's realizing what we realized every sentence or every word he say, like you can literally expound on it so much and just get so much value out of it that it's hard to like just kind of move on to that next one. So uh, I'm going to try to condense mine down to maybe three things so that I can let you guys get some in. Uh, I think the first thing that he said that really stuck out to me, especially with everything that's going on right now, he said, uh, you don't have to be like me for me to value you. Uh, and I was listening to a guy speak um, probably a couple of weeks ago, and he said, uh, if all you're talking to is people who agree with you, then who are you really reaching? How are you really making an impact? So that just kind of shifted my mind to just having an open mind, listening uh, to people and understanding many times it's not about uh, if you agree or not, it's that you are actually giving that person uh, opportunity to speak and also just to, um, just to value that person for who they are, not uh, based on what their uh, their beliefs are or anything. Love you, buddy. Have fun in school, okay? <laughs> uh, and the second thing that he said is uh, just encourage others, uh, pour good things into people. Uh, and I think I love about that most because that's something that we can do very easily, especially with today's uh, in the age of social media, like you can just get on and just uh, post something positive to get something they started. I'm pretty sure we've all gotten those messages uh, where people reach out and say, thank you, I really needed this today. Uh, and many times we take those things for granted, but a good friend of ours, Delane uh, Hewlin, once said to me, he said, what you think is small is huge to somebody else. So when you get these convictions to do something or post something that's positive, understand like many times it not, it's not for you, it's for something that somebody else on the other side of that who really needs that message. Uh, that you need to send out. Uh, the third thing that he said was uh, doing the right things always compounds into something positive. Uh, and I love that the most because he didn't say doing the right things uh, is going to lead to something positive right now. It's going to compound. So many times you have to do the right thing. You have to continue doing the right thing, understanding that you're going to get that fruit, but you have to continue uh, to do that right thing. And also just that it compounds when you do the right thing. It's almost like you're stacking blocks. As you just continue to stack those things, you're actually building a foundation that's going to be solid. So as you just continue to be bombarded by the things that happen into your life, like you're actually building your faith at the same time while you're doing those right things. So it just, uh, for me, it's a step to just keep moving in the right direction, continue to understand that uh, just because this is happening to you doesn't mean it's something that's uh, going to uh, force you to crumble or force uh, bad things to happen, but it's like actually building your faith. And it's also building your confidence. And it's also giving you a story so that when life happens to you later on, you can look back and remember uh, the things that you went through in the past. So that really stuck out to me. Uh, next one, he said, uh, just uh, he was talking about having a positive life stance. Uh, and I love that because, uh, man, we know like life doesn't care who you are. It doesn't discriminate. Like it's going to hit us all equally. Uh, and I think with that, you have to have that, that life stance that, you know, many times you can just get on social media. You can tell when something bad happened, you can already tell who the, who the negative people are. You can tell who the positive people are because the positive, positive people don't like what good can we get off of it. They, they focus on being the light. Uh, and negative people do the opposite. So I think many times you just have to understand you have to have that positive stance that you have so much faith and trust, trust and confidence in God that you know he's going to bring good out of this. And many times you just have to be that lighthouse 
for other people. You have to take that stance for other people so they can get behind you and be covered uh, within you. Uh, the next thing that he said, I'll just share two more with you. Uh, he said, people move towards the conversations that you have around them. And I just love that because for me, it's like, okay, okay. And I think I love that the most because uh, I used to, yeah, they, we're kind of busy right now. Uh, I used to just be in so many conversations, especially in the sports world, like the conversations just died anywhere, but they wasn't really intentional conversations. They were just intent, they were just conversation like locker room conversations. And many times we know those just aren't positive conversations. Uh, but uh, you will always move towards those things. But once I kind of got into like the personal development realm, what I noticed was people was always pointing you towards a, a direction that was going to lift you up, build you up to do something positive, to build something opposed to relying on anything else. So I think the thing that we have to understand as leaders, whether you're leading uh, 10,000 people, a million people, 1,000 people, or maybe 10 people, those people are going to follow you wherever you lead them. Uh, so you have to be pointing them in some type of direction. You have to be having conversations about the vision that you have. That's what I love about you. Have, with your vision, you have to constantly tell people where you're going. Because if you don't do that, you have a whole different world, especially social media, that's telling them so many other things. Uh, so for us, it's like you have to continue to remind people where they're going and also remind them who they are in Christ. Remind them they can do uh, the things that they already set their mind out to do. So you have to have conversations that's going to always build people up and point them into a positive direction. And just the last thing I'll leave you guys with, and it's something that I, I mentioned earlier, said it's not what's, what happens to you, it's what's happening in you. And I think what I love about this just because I keep going back to everything that's happening now because uh, we're forced to stay at home. We're forced to go without sports. We're forced to do so many things that we had got comfortable with and we kind of found our, our identity uh, in. And I was reading this book yesterday and he said, um, what did he say? And he said, uh, if you lost, if you lost, if your job, your title, if, if you if you if your title was taken away from you, what you have left is who you are. So for me, what I got from that when I when like when I retired from sports, I struggled with who I was because I had no foundation besides you're just an athlete, you're just a quarterback, you're just this person, and I had no identity of who I who I was without that helmet. So when I dug into personal development and I started getting to the root of who I am as a leader, as a person, as a uh, a person who's loved by God, and I started really digging deep and just building a foundation that had principles and values that wasn't based on uh, my accomplishment, that wasn't based on the, the titles and the, the things that the people try to place on you, but it's placed on my identity in Christ. That's who I found out who I really was and how confident that I was in him. And it, it has allowed me to be a person who now, when well, you can't shut me up many times, if you met me six years ago, people were like, he's the shyest, quietest guy ever. And it wasn't that I was shy, I was quiet. I was always taught, like, you're just this person. Like, you're shy. So I thought for me, like, just because they shy, I'm shy, like, you don't have a voice. Your voice doesn't matter. But that isn't the case. When you stop, when you really dig in and figure out who you are in God, you will identify with your purpose. You will start to move toward that. And you will also surround yourself with people like Chad and Joe who continue to pull those things out of you to lift you up so that you can uh, move in the direction of your purpose. So uh, I think I got a lot out of just what he shared. And many of us was things that I've heard before, but it's awesome to hear it come from him and just hear the stories of his dad who at such a, just at his age to find somebody who still have that, that confidence and that faith and that trust in God to just have the, the confidence to say at his age, like, 
my greater days are still ahead of me. Just think about somebody at that age saying, I think just being around him and just here, like being in his presence would just lift us up. So I think we have to be those people for the people that uh, we have under our influence and just be that for those people on social media. So uh, you just have to go out and just be a light for those people and just continue to call people up. Be that person that when somebody's having a bad day, they come to your pace because they know you're going to add value to them. You're going to speak life over them. So I just challenge you all, just continue to put out good messages, just continue to encourage people and just continue to be that light for when people need something they always go to your page to find that thing so uh thanks for sharing this again i can't wait to see the fifth and the sixth lesson that he's going to do on this one so let's just take this moment right here to thank tay for not being a mute see when when i first met tay i didn't think the boy spoke i was like hey man and it was just kind of like a smile and now it just comes out naturally. It was all within him, but he had somebody speaking over him that he was shy. And look at what that did to him. When I first met him, and I'm pretty sure when Chad first met him, he was just quiet as quiet could be. And you're like, oh, that guy's dangerous. You know, as soon as he opens his mouth, power's going to come out. So we're so thankful, Tay, that it's flowing out of you now because, man, everything that you have that comes out is just amazing and intuitive and it's divine and God has a major purpose and impact going through your life. So I appreciate that. Uh, Chad, well, I guess you got to follow that. Good luck. Great. Thanks. See, now I understand Joel why you let me go first a lot of the time. So I don't have to follow that, <laughs> but today I'll, I'll do my best. So the first thing I want to say is, is I've saw my dad, my dad's actually on the live. And so thanks dad for tuning in and all the things that you've taught me. And, uh, I just want to say, Dad, I want to hear your 29. John's dad left him 29 things, so maybe you should do 30 just so you can one-up John's dad. So anyway, um, four points that I want to make from, from this morning. And the first one is just that encouragement is the oxygen of the soul. I love, I love that quote. And, you know, what I would submit to all of you is that by being encouragers, that actually encourages us. Now, one thing I believe that giving begins the receiving process, and I believe that it's better to give than to receive. I think when we're, when we're young kids, we all think we want things and we're, you know, you want, you don't want to share, right? You want to keep your toy. You want to take whatever you want to take from other kids. And it's just kind of a natural thing, but that flips later in life, at least it did for me. And so now I prefer to give than to receive. I get more out of giving than receiving. And so I think it's impossible to encourage others and not be encouraged yourself. So the question really becomes how many people, how many people can you encourage every day? You know, how many people can you encourage every week? And if that becomes something that we're intentionally doing, then what we know that we're doing every time we do that is we're providing oxygen to people's souls. And that's very rare. There's very, there's very few people in this world that are going around providing oxygen to people's souls intentionally. And that's one, I, I would say that's one reason why Joel and Stephanie and Tay and Carrie, they're all so successful is because they are constantly, constantly pouring into others and they're constantly providing oxygen to other souls. So, so that's my, my first point. Um, my second point, I love this quote is it's, you know, the, the whole thinking positive, right? Cause if we're, if we're thinking positive, then we're being positive at attitude of gratitude, your attitude is your altitude, all those types of things. It's not what happens to you. It's what happens in you. You know, I heard one time that when you put the word, you know, this is talking about the, the Bible, right? When you put the word in you and you don't need it, then it automatically comes out when you, when you do need it. 
right? And so that's, that's why it's so important what's happening in us, because then it doesn't matter what happens to us. It's kind of like Jesus in the storm, right? If you guys haven't ever heard the story, he's in, you know, he's in the boat and the, and the storm comes and the waves are going crazy, you know, and, and the people are freaking out and they're like, ah, and Jesus is taking a nap. He's not freaking out, right? <laughs> so pay attention to that too. When you're in a storm, who in your world isn't freaking out? Because those are the people you need to hang around with because they're the calm in the storm. And if you hang around people who are the calm in the storm, then you also will become the calm in the storm. You know, I was literally in Alaska one time with some friends and I remember we woke up one morning, the storm had rolled in and we're in this like 30 foot boat and we've got like six, seven foot waves. And one of my friends is like, uh, kind of freaking out. And I was just like, I, I'm, I'm sure we're supposed to be here. So I wasn't freaking out. A couple of the other ones weren't freaking out. And we were literally in the storm, right? I wasn't able to take a nap anymore. I'm not quite there where Jesus is, but, <laughs> but I was like not freaking out. I was like, it's got to be all right, man. We got life jackets. <laughs> so, but anyway, so that's, that's just important. I, I love that quote that it's not what happens to you. It's what happens in you. It's, who, it's always about who we're becoming. And it's so important to know and understand who we're hanging out with because who are we becoming by being with those people? And are we okay with that? Sometimes we should be like, man, this relationship needs to be cultivated because th what happens when I'm with this person is amazing. So I need to try and get around them more, right? And, and do whatever I can to be around them more. And other people you might go, wow, when, I, when I'm around this person and I walk away, I feel, I feel like I got dirty. You know, I feel like I don't like who I'm becoming or how I'm acting. And so maybe we need to limit those relationships or spend less time with those people. So it's important just to understand what people are doing to us. So that's the second point. Um, third point here is I love his lesson on putting God first. You know, every single time I, someone asks me to autograph, I've got a book out when I autograph it, I always put Matthew six thirty three in there. Seek first the kingdom of God, because if we seek first the kingdom of God and we stay focused on God, all the other things get added. You know, the, the story where, uh, Peter's walking out on the water, right? He's looking, he's got his eyes focused on Jesus. When you have your eyes focused on Jesus, you can walk on water. You, you don't sink. Everything's, everything's the way it was intended and meant to be. The minute we take our eyes off Jesus or, the, or we stop seeking first the kingdom of God, that's when we begin to sink. That's when the, 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 the weight of the world, we're reminded of the world, the fallen world that we live in. And that's when we start to have stress and problems. And really all stress and anxiety and those types of things are for me and for many others is reminders that I need to put my focus back on the kingdom of God. So that is such a huge thing. And, and you know, and he talked about testing and the only place in the Bible, you know, where it says to test God is with our finances. So to find things to plant seeds into you know, because whenever you give to something, all that is, is it's a seed. When, when you give someone encouragement, it's a seed in their life. When you, when you use your finances, your money to pour into something, that's a seed into that. And that's what I love so much about the It Works Gives Back program, because we can give $1, $2, or $5. Anybody can do that. So if, if you haven't signed up for that yet, you should definitely do that. Give $1, 2 or $5. And my buddy, my buddy Sam always just says, man, you got to keep that money moving. You know, you got to hold your hands loosely. Let it in, let it flow, let, let yourself be a conduit so it flows through you. Because if you're willing to trust God with your money and give it to wherever he says, then why wouldn't the blessings get powered on you? And why wouldn't more come through your hands? Because God can trust you as his child with what he wants to provide you with. So that was the second point. Third point, um, or no, that's the third one. This is the fourth one. 
trust and obey God, which is the last, last point that he made. So huge. When, when I was younger, I didn't trust anybody. I mean, one guy said I probably had like two eyes in the back of my head because I was always like looking back and is this person, I, I went through some things in relationships where I was let down, you know, betrayed by friends. So I got to a point where I just didn't trust anybody. So it was a huge revelation for me to, you know, if I couldn't trust people that I could actually see with my eyes, how was I going to trust God who I couldn't even see without my eyes, right? But I ran into this guy one time and he said, Chad, if you should have this tattooed onto your eyeballs and inside your eyelids. And I was like, you know, I was thinking literally at first, I was like, man, that would hurt, you know, have a tattoo put on my eyeballs or in my eyelids. Wow. But he was making this point and it stuck with me. And he said, I'm going to tell you the, the, a couple things that I know that I know that I know in my knower to be true. And I saw, I kind of leaned forward. I'm like, okay. I, Cause I kind of trusted him, you know, as a, as a counselor and just a wonderful guy and everyone around him was amazing. He said, here, let me tell you three things. He said, God loves you. He wants what's best for you and you can trust him. And I was like, wow. And so I, that's stuck with me forever. And I share that with so many people. And I believe that to be 100% true because God does love you and he does want what's best for you and you can trust him. And that's why he created you in, in a unique and individual way with a unique passions and unique calling and unique destiny. And he wants to unveil that to you. And like John said, how you're going to get a revelation, how you're going to understand why you're created is by spending time with your creator. So when I realized who my creator was and I start spending time with my creator, then I understand the very reason that I was created, which part of that is to pass that fact onto all of you. So I'm going to leave it there, Joel. Man, just thank you for doing this. And if you all don't know what we're talking about with God and Jesus and all that, don't go to maxwellfaith.com. I've never been there, but I just trust John Maxwell because I've heard like 100,000 hours of his stuff and I trust him. And he's one of Joel's best friends, you know, or, or main mentors that Joel gets to go golfing with and stuff, even though Joel doesn't golf. So figure that one out, right? He just likes to drive him around and get all the wisdom and everyone else scratches their head and goes, I wish you'd asked to be John's driver because he gets the most time with John. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. That's that's how you know wisdom is when you make decisions like that. Uh, Chad, thanks for starting this. I don't know if many of you know this, that this was actually Chad's brainchild to start this group and to start doing this. So without that thought process, you know, Tay and I wouldn't be here and involved in this. So Chad, thanks so much for putting all this together because uh, – your desire to help change people's lives is right up there at the top. So you're doing amazing things by connecting everybody and putting everybody together. The points that I have written down for today, there's four of them conveniently because John had four points today, four of the lessons that he shared. Uh, the first one, if we're going in order is number seven. So encouraging others Guys, encouragement draws people to you. Do you want to have a big flourishing team? Then be a person who encourages, not just the people on your team, but maybe sideline, maybe upline, maybe downline, maybe people that aren't even on your team. Being an encourager of people and speaking life into people will draw people to you. I love how he said, how do you know people need encouragement? If they're breathing. Every single human being on the planet loves and desires 
and wants and seeks after encouragement. So be the person to provide that for others. If you're providing something that somebody needs, you will have all the things that you need. Number eight, this one's great because it rhymes with eight. It's great. Thought you guys would like that. Come on, that was a good one. Work hard. And I mean, really, what's how do you expound on that? Just just work hard, grind, hustle, put everything into it. Be the person that's known as as the one that works hard. But then not only on that, he says work smart. Which means make sure that you're setting things up in a way that it's not strenuous for you because there are multiple ways to do things. Uh, we have this conversation all the time. You know, you can get to, and this is what John loves. John loves options. He says options is one of his favorite words. And, and the way that he explained it to me once was, you know, if, if somebody tells you that four plus four is the only way to get to eight, they don't have a mindset that expands because, you know, seven plus one, six plus two, three plus five, two times four. There's multiple ways to get to that answer. Who knows which one's the, the right one? Well, they're all right because they all get there. But which path you choose is the one that's best suited for you. So make sure when you're working hard, you're also looking at how you're working to see if it's getting the results. Um, I, I like when we, we talk about uh, it works being results oriented. So you need to find your sales ratio. And I've done a podcast on this one specifically. If you know it takes a hundred people for you to talk to, for one person to say yes, you have now become unstoppable. Until you know that number, you have no idea because you're just throwing things out and seeing what happens. So make sure you're tracking how many people you're talking to and how long it takes for you to get somebody to say yes and join your team. The reason why is because now it can become a game. If you know it takes 100 people for you to talk to for one person to say yes, how quickly can you talk to the next 100 people to get that yes? And as you get better and smarter, you're not going to be working harder, but you have a choice. If now it only takes you 50 people to get somebody to say yes, you can work less and only talk to 50 people and get one and be good, or you can continue to do the same output, which is another hundred, but now you have two people. And that's when compounding happens. So not only working hard, working smart. Number nine, think positively. I'll put this into the other thing that we say all the time. Entrepreneurs and leaders are eternal optimists. The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale is something that you should have in your library. That's like the, the library entrepreneur staple. Kind of like Think and Grow Rich and then the power. I mean, do you see how these things are all thought leading? How to think like a billionaire? You know, it's, it's your thoughts that cause your reactions. So you need to make sure that you have a positive mindset. I also like that he says you have to have a positive life stance which basically means good things happen, bad things happen. If you have a positive mindset, the bad things aren't gonna be so bad and the good things are going to be so much better. If you have a negative life stance, 
the bad things are going to be insurmountable and the good things really aren't going to be that good. That just does not sound like a way to live life to me. I just, I can't comprehend people when I meet them and they're negative just constantly. It just makes no sense. And I know Chad said this, it's your, alt, your attitude determines your altitude. So having a positive attitude will allow you to go much further in life. It will open so many more doors for you than being a negative person. Uh, 10, put God first. Well, you know, that's number one rule. And, and I, I actually wrote down Matthew 6.33 because I was going to read it, but Chad already went over that. So uh, we'll, we'll, save, we'll save my my amazing scripture verse for the next lesson or the next point. Uh, number 11 was walk slowly through the crowd. I have witnessed this time and time again with John, and it's one of the things that I love watching. And he truly does walk through the crowd slowly. <laughs> Before he gets up on stage, you know, a lot of times all you see is the recording of him on stage. You don't see what happens before the stage. He's not just behind stage waiting to go out on stage. You know, he's walking through talking, you know, he's been there 45 minutes to an hour talking with everybody out in the crowd before he gets up on stage. So make sure that when you are around people, you're taking the time to walk through the crowd slowly and talk to people and have conversations so that you can greater, you can have a greater sense of community and connection with the people that you're around. And then number 12, the last one for the day was trust and obey God. And this is where uh, I was searching. I was like, I got to grab this really quick. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. And this is from the easy read version because I like to easy read it. It says, I say this because I know the plans that I have for you. This message is from the Lord. I have good plans for you. I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you hope and a good future. That, that sounds like an amazing promise. So trust and obey God. And I love this because uh, trust parts, the, the more easy part, the obey part, that's the part that people don't like. People don't like the word obey because they feel like, ooh, I can't do the things that I want because I have to listen to this and I have to do this specific thing. But I want to change the viewpoint for that for you. Uh, our friend, Sean Wizard, he was uh, a former atheist. And the thing that he always talked about was he didn't want some sky daddy telling him what to do all the time. He was basically saying that he didn't want to be ruled by someone. And that's how most people think. So when it's obey, it's I'm being ruled over by someone. But once he had that connection and that relationship with God, all of a sudden he saw it completely different. So think about it this way. When you love someone so much, you want to do the things that make them happy. That is the same as obeying God. God is doing things because he loves you and he sees things that you don't see. As a parent, you see your child, and for the first time, if they're going to go put their hand on the hot stove, you tell them no. That's not because you're a mean parent and you want to be mean to your child. It's that your child doesn't know that it's dangerous, and you're doing it out of love to protect them. 
that's the exact same way that God looks at us. He's doing things to protect us because he loves us. That's why when you love God, you do things in order to make him happy, which in turn opens everything up for you. That's why it goes back to, I have good plans for you. I don't plan to hurt you. Once you get that foundational thought process down, it allows you to live more freely than you could have ever lived before knowing that information. So when he asks, just do, obedience is always understood on the backside. You know, some things never make sense when you start going through it. But then on the other side, you're like, oh, makes complete sense. You know, kind of like our story, going through the bankruptcy and standing in food lines and losing everything. Going through it, we had no idea. We were like, this is dumb. doesn't make any sense. Why is this happening to us? And if that's where you're at right now, that may be the feeling that you have. But continued perseverance through it causes you to look back and go, oh, it all makes sense. If we didn't go through that, the story that we have now wouldn't be the strength that we have to help other people. So it was not meant to harm us. It was actually meant to help us and help others. So make sure that you take the time to trust and obey God when he tells you to do something, because on the other side of it, it's going to be amazing. And again, like Chad and Tay said, go check out maxwellfaith.com if you want to learn more about what it looks like to have this relationship that we talk about with Jesus. Guys, <coughs> oh man, almost died. That was good. Go out, make it an amazing rest of the day. We'll see you again here next time with part three of the lessons from Melvin Maxwell, guys. Have an awesome day.